0: Ozzie Newsome, Eric DaCosta, scouts there. They have a very, very good system. They have a good way to mesh with John Harbaugh. I wouldn't care if both those teams went 2-14 and this year. I would want to go to a Steelers-Ravens game the following year. Everybody (laughs) should have this on their bucket list before they die. Visit Athens, Ohio.
1: Welcome into the lounge. I am Ryan Mink, and I'm Garrett Downing, and it's been a busy last week here. Super busy. (laughs) There's a lot happening. Players coming, players going. Yeah, I get home, and my wife's like, "Oh man, what happened at work?" I'm like, "What
2: didn't happen at work this week?" (laughs) God, getting home at eight o'clock, she's like, "Man, why are you getting home so early?" I'm like, "Baby." Free agency. Free agency I'm never telling stops. you, it's insane. Yeah. Pulling over on the side
1: of the road to write stories on my way home from work. You probably thought you were safe. You thought that oh. Friday afternoon, after the craziness of the day, you had Tony Jefferson in here, you had Denny Woodhead in here, yeah. driving home, you feel good.
2: Yeah, no. No such thing. Dennis Pitta news breaks. <laughs> let me, let me, let's tell the viewers here. So we split up on-call duty, basically, nighttime duty yep. for the Star of free agency. You took, I took Thursday. No, no. How I did it go now? No, Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You took Wednesday. I took Wednesday. I took Thursday. Which, like, like the period, the window opened on Tuesday where teams could start negotiating, right? All's quiet on the Ravens front Tuesday, right? Yeah. Thinking, like, all right, they're just going to wait till Thursday, whatever. Wednesday, I got nighttime duty. Literally, <laughs> I'm playing pickup basketball in my little game here. See the stuff come across my phone. I'm like, oh, crap. Literally run out of the gym, <laughs> back to my house. I'm writing until, like... 11, which I'm a father of a one-year-old right now, I shouldn't be up past 10 o'clock. That's night-night time for me. <laughs> I go to bed at 11, literally crawl into bed, do one last check of the phone. Oh, you got to be kidding me, Ryan
0: Mallet!
2: <laughs> got to get my butt up out of bed, go back down, write another. It was two stories. It was Ryan Mallet and what else? Tony it... Jefferson. Tony Jefferson. That was yeah. Tony Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, it was on. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then the next day, you're on call. Yeah, I was on call on Thursday, and I don't think any news broke. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. One thing did happen. Either way, and then I was on call writer for the weekend. Yeah, you got—now, look, I don't really feel too sorry for you because I was just coming off like a 13-day straight work week after having been in the combine and putting in long days there. True. So, I think it all kind of worked itself out in the wash.
2: Well, and I still got, I got my IOU back from whooping your butt in mini cornhole, so that we'll push that down the line.
1: Yeah, we don't need to get into that. We have, <laughs> we have free agency news to discuss, uh, and we also have Peter King, who yes. joined the podcast of, of the MMQB, one of the uh, premier NFL reporters out there, and he shares some yeah. really good perspective uh, perspective about the Ravens. But before we do that, got an email to read. Yes. You know one way to get your email right on the air is if you make fun of one of us, and so that's what Jim uh This better be making fun of Finucane, you. —Finucane— in you right go. He wrote, How are you, Mr. Downing? That's another great way to get your email right. Oh boy, I don't Mr. like where Downing. this is going. And the other guy, I think his name is Wink or something like that. <laughs> First, let me say Ozzy would never trade Garrett Downing. He's the glue that holds the lounge together. Yeah, he's just straight cut. Straight Amen. cut. Amen. Jim knows. Second, are you planning to get Coach Harvey on the podcast or is Make afraid of our head coach? <laughs> <laughs> yes and yes. Uh, seriously. No. <laughs> we are gonna get Harves on the podcast. We're gonna get Harves on here, and no, I'm not afraid of Harves. Uh, seriously, I love the podcast and I have not missed one yet. Both of you guys are great and make the podcast what it is which is the best podcast on the planet, nice. even though I would never let make plan a Thanksgiving dinner for me. <laughs> Love you guys. How about Christmas cookie exchange? Nah, I don't know. He doesn't say. <laughs> but a great email. Uh, we appreciate Hearing that, so for sure. Um, if you guys have questions or comments that you want to send to us, we always we read every single email that comes into the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. And we
2: reply to most. We so if we do reply to you, you should email us again and say, where the hell is my reply? <laughs> we read them all. <laughs> reply to most. <laughs> but with no further ado, let's welcome in
1: Peter King from the MMQB. Peter, appreciate the time. Thank you very much. And uh, just to start things off here, when you look at the Ravens, they're spending a lot of money. Right now in free agency and bringing back Brandon Williams, signing Tony Jefferson, Danny Woodhead. What do you make of all the moves the Ravens have made early in free agency?
0: Well, it's interesting, Garrett, because very often the Ravens are on the giving end of free agency, not the getting end. <laughs> but I think a couple of these, at least to me, make a tremendous amount of sense. In fact, all three of them do. To me, I think one of the things that the Ravens have realized now is they need another offensive weapon out of the backfield. And, you know, certainly you value Kyle Uchcek, but, you know, there's no way you're going to get involved for anywhere near that money because he's not going to be in that offense what I think he's going to be for Kyle Shanahan. Now, I do think the Danny Woodhead. And again, it all depends how he comes back from surgery. But I think Danny Woodhead has been one of the real underrated players. He's not Darren Sproles, but he is an impact player out of the backfield the way that uh you know the way that the Ravens really want one both you know as a receiver and as a runner. I think with Brandon Williams, look, you've got to have in the AFC North, you've just got to have a premier run player in the middle of that line. So I get that. I'm sure that, you know, the Ravens really blanched paying what they had to pay for him, but you've got to have them. And then I think Tony Jefferson, if you ask, if you go back and ask Todd Bowles, you know, who used to be the defensive coordinator in Arizona and who sort of invented this system of safeties playing down, uh, as, as basically, you know, linebackers. Um, you know, he, in, and he had three or four of those guys, Dayon Buchanan, uh, Tyron Matthew, uh, Tony Jefferson. I mean, you, you've, you have to realize the difference that he can mean to the back end of a defense. And I think that. You know, that to me, I mean, I really like what they've done a lot. And, again, it isn't what the Ravens usually do, but I've had this feeling about that front office for a long time. You know, Ozzie Newsome, Eric DaCosta, you know, the, the scouts there, they have a very, very good system. And the other thing I think they have is they have a good way to mesh with John Harbaugh. And John Harbaugh knows what he wants and uh Ozzie and the scouting staff do a good job of pairing Harbaugh's desires with the actions that they take. So so far so good, at least uh, you know, on paper to me in this off season for them.
2: Peter, uh, it's Ryan here, and uh, I guess one question is, you know, the, the Ravens have always been a team that has built through the draft over the years. Like you said, they're used to watching guys who they draft leave more often than signing guys. And oftentimes what you hear is, well, the teams who make big splashes early in free agency necessarily aren't the winners by the end of the season. So... How do you see, you know, I, I agree, I like the Jefferson and the Woodhead signings, but I guess what does it say about the Ravens that they are in a position now where they're making these big splashes?
0: See, I don't think the Woodhead signing is, is. Uh, I mean, Danny Woodhead is not a big-ticket free agent. He's a mm-hmm. guy who's going to fill a role for this team. Uh at a cost that's commensurate with what he is going to deliver. So I wouldn't be too concerned about Woodhead. I mean, obviously, signing a run stopper, you know, for for the money that they paid, you know, really makes you do a double take and a triple take. And usually that is the kind of player – that the Ravens let go, and then they take the compensatory pick. They'll take a third or fourth rounder in the following year's draft. But I think they mm-hmm. felt like we need, in a division where, you know, we're playing uh, Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams twice a year, and, you know, uh, Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard uh, and Isaiah Crowell, um, you're playing those guys six out of your 16 games. And do not underestimate, by the way, how Cleveland is going to be able to run the ball next year, because I think they're going to be really, really good running the ball with that offensive line upgrade they've had. So, I mean, I think it's different, but it's very, very understandable to me this year.
1: Peter, one thing, you know, you just did an interview with John Harbaugh on your podcast. You caught up with him at the Combine. And one thing that I thought was interesting in that conversation with him is that he said, to some degree, everything that the Ravens do is, is sort of to beat Pittsburgh, to beat New England. You know, you kind of make your moves with those teams in mind in terms of how you can beat them. So my question is, how close do you think the Ravens are to, to, again, to again, being a team they can win the division. They can beat New England in the playoffs.
0: I mean, that's the question that I think everybody asks. They you know, to me, I think the Ravens kind of remind me of what the Raiders or the Oilers were in the uh in the 70s when they were always sort of they had really good teams, but they're always sort of chasing the Steelers. I mean, the, the Raiders caught them once, but uh, you know, basically it was one of these deals that you know, the Steelers of the seventies are what the Patriots are now. And and I just feel like when you talk about how close they are, I think I think there are two things that really separate New England now, and it's the ultimate consistency in the passing game that makes them very, very hard to catch. And by that I mean that No matter who is catching the ball for Tom Brady, um, that year after year after year, that they are prolific in the passing game. And that, to me, in today's football, is where you have to be. Now, I look at both Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and obviously, Joe Flacco needs to play more consistently. He just needs to play better than he played this year. But I think part of that what the Ravens saw is that part of that is they want to have him throwing more uh like little wheel routes out of the backfield. They that's one of the that's one of the reasons for Woodhead. But that's one thing. And then I think the other part of it is you know, if you look at the way the game is played today what you really need and need kind of desperately is you need to have those guys in the secondary who offensive coordinators say man we really need to watch out for you know we we need to game plan for Weddle and Jefferson and Jimmy Smith and 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 you know so that to me is another big part of why the patriots have been so good because maybe you don't recognize the names all the time back in their secondary but with the exception of a couple of years maybe four and five years ago they really have played well in the back end and now again them going out and getting stephon gilmore who who i think is a little bit overrated i i I wasn't crazy about that signing or the money new england paid for him but my guess is they're probably going to lose malcolm butler and if they lose Malcolm Butler, you need to have somebody back there to replace him.
2: Well, well, speaking of beating the Steelers and stuff in the playoffs, you know, I'm reminded by about one story with you and John Harbaugh uh, when the Ravens beat the Steelers in t- 2014, and you guys are walking off the field afterwards. Everybody's doing handshakes, and John said to you something to the effect of, "Peter, did you pick us?" <laughs> and you were honest and you told him no. And he kinda he kinda gave you a little smirk and said, Yeah, you never do.
0: <laughs>
2: you remember that one, Peter?
0: You know, of course. And I re- you know what I remember? After the Ravens What's beat the- after the Ravens beat San Francisco in the Super Bowl, first shot out of the box, I walk in the locker room after the game and Sug sees me and he goes, You didn't pick us, did you? I said, no, I did pick you And I think he was really ticked off that I picked him because he wanted to gloat. Uh, oh, that's great. That's that's really – a lot of teams – look, Harbaugh realizes this, that – and and look, I go back ever since I've been covering football, I'll never forget Bill Walsh back in the 80s. Randy Cross told me this one time that Bill Walsh used to tell his teams we love going on the road. It is the coolest thing to have 53 guys go into a place, a city of three or four million people, everybody, you know, cheering for the home team, everybody, you know, for three hours life stops in this town where where you, you invade on a Sunday afternoon. And how great is it that 53 people can beat three million? And, and I, and, and and I mean, that's, that is as old as the hills, really. And I think it's, I mean, everybody, after that happened, it was kind of funny. Everybody said, wow, Harbaugh really pissed at you. And boy, you guys, you guys must, must not get along or whatever. And I just said, I, honestly, I'm kind of honored, you know, that that he would care, that he would care who I picked. And uh, but anyway, it was kind of a funny moment.
2: I think coaches, yeah, like you said, coaches and players like care about that stuff a lot more, and especially I feel like in Baltimore, where like Balt, we've always kind of had that underdog, like us against the world, nobody gives us the respect kind of mantra.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's natural too when you know when the Ravens first came to Baltimore. Look, I mean, Pittsburgh had been good since. The middle seventies, and except for a few hiccups there for a while, uh, they've always been good. I mean, they've been good for forty years, basically, mostly. And I think that any time that you're in the division with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, that's a great little uh, that's a great franchise to aim at, you know, uh, for so that. So that any coach, I mean, I I, I did talk to uh, John Harbaugh on this podcast about the Patriots, but I could have easily talked to him for 20 minutes about the Steelers too, because I think that John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, that's that's Tom Landry, John Madden, or, or you know, Chuck Noll, John Madden. You know, it's it's a great it's a great uh, you got two still young coaches, relatively speaking, at the top of two great franchises. And every year, I mean, if you give me the choice at the beginning of every year, you say, okay, you can go to X number of games this year. I wouldn't care if both those teams went 2-14 and 14 this year. I would want to go to a Steelers-Ravens game the following year. Totally.
1: Well, Peter, we'll let you go. But before I do, I need you to help me kind of settle the dispute here that I have with Ryan. Peter, you and I are both... Grads of Ohio U, and I've been telling him for years that OU has the best journalism school in the country. He's a Maryland grad, and (laughs) and you got to back me up here that that there's no better journalism school than Ohio University. You tell that to George Solomon.
0: (laughs) Well, actually, actually, there's no better journalism school, and there's actually no better place on the planet than Athens, Ohio. I mean, nobody does that. But I've been telling him you you don't want to live in Maui. You want to live in Athens. You
2: know, you know what, Peter? You had a lot of credibility before this
1: conversation.
0: <laughs> Everybody should have this on their bucket list before they die. Visit Athens, Ohio.
1: I'm with you. There's no better street than Court Street, and there's no better place in a fall afternoon than being uh, right there in the heart of campus. I love it. <laughs> Guys,
0: thanks a lot. It's good, good being on with you. Thanks right, for Thank that, you, Peter.
1: Peter all right so thanks again to peter for joining us and uh you know he has just great perspective obviously having covered the nfl for 30 plus years he's seen it all yeah for sure so you know i I think it's good to hear him say that he likes what the ravens are doing
2: yeah exactly because you know and i do too and like i didn't mean to like insinuate otherwise with my question about like well most of the time when you spend a lot of free agents you don't win because i really like these additions but it's You know, you want to get from somebody outside the building. Like, did they overspend, in your opinion? Did they not? Because those are all legitimate questions. Mm -hmm. And he, it's good to see. Especially when you see, the funny thing is Woodhead's like the first running back off the market. You know, like there's still some big, big names out there. And Woodhead was the first to go. You wouldn't expect that, especially coming off the ACL.
1: Yeah, and he likes the Woodhead move. I mean, he thought that Danny Woodhead could be, I like it too. But he thinks that Danny Woodhead could be a really big piece for this offense. So, you know, it's hard, it's... When you have someone like that who looks at these moves and says they're kind of addressing everything that they need to address, they're getting a potential playmaking running back. Except, well, except for wide receiver. They still have, they have that. not addressed that one yet. Yeah, that's and, one that still needs and to And corner.
2: Right. Wide receiver, corner. I mean, when we came into this, those were probably the two biggest needs, you would say, Right. I didn't have safety as my biggest need. No, but if you... Or if you, running back.
1: If you upgrade at safety, I think secondary as a whole, but I, I think corner was a, a bigger need than safety. Yeah, but, but I do agree that... yes, the yes. secondary
2: as a whole. When, when what is it? All ships rise? Yeah. How's that high, ri-
1: high tide rises all ships. There we go. That's you try to use that saying like four different times on the podcast and you butcher it every single I am time. I'm bad
2: with sayings in general. My wife can attest to this. I can never get them right. I always <laughs> butcher them. Yeah. Every single time. Uh, but anyway... Yes, I, I think the Jefferson move helps the secondary as a whole. I still think that they do need to add a veteran cornerback because you're going to draft one.
1: Now by I'm the not time- so sure
2: you're going to draft one in the first round with this whole Sidney Jones Achilles tear. I know, that's terrible. Way. But anyway, uh, you're going to draft one and, high, and- but you still you, it's a lot to say that rookie's going to come in be your lockdown number one guy from week one, or lockdown number two guy even from week one.
1: And there's there's talk that the Ravens could sign Morris Claiborne yes. at the time that we're recording this. The Ravens yes. have not signed Morris Claiborne. Yes. So when you're listening, <laughs> if uh, – if we ends up. Happening, now, yeah. Sorry that, you know, yeah. we're not immediate on that. that. We would like that signing. Yeah, we but, can talk about that signing as if it no. Yeah, I think it would, it would be good. Yeah, but uh they still need to add a
2: corner. I'm not sure what they're gonna do with wide receiver. That's that's the one that right now is uh, puzzling me a little bit. Wide receivers always become available, you know, over the course of the summer, so you could you could add one, but I think that they definitely want to get one before they go into the off-season workouts like to me it's not a situation where like you're you're adding a a number three or four somehow in in free agency late when training camp cuts are made or something like that yeah you you would like like to get someone earlier yes you would absolutely like to get someone earlier and the the market is dwindling a little bit so it just remains to be seen what they're going to do there as we talked about we both like brandon marshall a lot yeah he's not there i mean is it victor cruz Do do you end up does Kamara Aiken boomerang back to you
1: uh-huh
2: uh, Victor you know Victor Cruz there's, there's different guys out there did I already say Victor Cruz, you said Victor Cruz. I already said Victor there's Cruz. a guy
1: Victor Cruz he used to play for the Giants this guy Victor Cruz <laughs> yeah if, if we sign Victor Cruz
2: then we should do a Facebook live stream the taping of the lounge and I promise all listeners that I will do the salsa
1: are we trying to get people to watch or not watch? Because if that's the promise, I don't think anybody's tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you um, can see it, me butcher the
1: sauce. One thing I, I want to say, too, is both you and I kind of thought when they signed Jefferson, the, the feeling on him was, oh, he's a strong safety. And this is really more of like, yes. he's not a free safety is the thought. He's not somebody that roams the back end of the defense. But I'll tell you what, both of us, when we watched a lot of his mm-hmm. tape from last year, because we're it tape mic'd guys. mic'd up. We're tape guys.
2: We're ta- oh, yeah, we watched the tape. We watched, we watched went the to tape. A film.
1: Yeah. When we <laughs> watched the tape, both of us watched him and said, He's a pretty good player. He flies really around good. the ball. He's constantly around the ball, uh, plays with a lot of passion, plays with a lot of energy, excitement. I think that people are really going to like watching him play.
2: Yeah, and I think what he enables, he kind of frees up Weddle to be a true, more of a true free safety. What makes Eric Weddle so good is that he can kind of like move all around, freelance, disguise, a lot of those yeah. things. And I think that the Ravens' defense wasn't able to use him in that way enough last year. He was a little bit more, we need you closer to the line of scrimmage, we need you matching up against some of these tight ends, those kind of things because Webby you know he's willing to throw his his body into some hits but he's not you don't really want him taking a pounding
1: well it was clear it was last year Webb was the free safety exactly and Weddle was a strong safety now Weddle
2: is freed up to be more of that roamer be on the back end you know he dropped a couple picks but he also made four yeah Um, and so I think he's really good in that role and now Tony Jefferson can also roam around a lot you can just he can blitz a lot better he's a great blitzer he's physical good hitter he can match up against a lot of those tight ends that you know he's a better matchup than Weddle is I think against those guys um I think they're gonna work really well in tandem
1: the word that they kept using that Tony Jefferson kept using was interchangeable yeah and I think that that is exactly what the Ravens <clears throat> want in their safeties and I think that's a good thing yeah so
2: we'll keep our eye out for a cornerback though maybe Morris Claiborne wide receiver pass rusher maybe yeah outside I mean linebacker. look there's
1: there's Areas that the Ravens still need to address: yeah. inside linebackers, a the spot they've talked about. the The offensive line, mm-hmm. there's a hole now there with Rick Wagner yep. gone. We need a right tackle. Yeah, so like there's definitely spots on the roster, but you can say that's the same thing for pretty much every single team in the league. Yeah. Everyone's looking to get better, and I think you know, as he said it, they're not done. We ain't done. They're not done yet. So, but we're done we are is done, done with this, this episode podcast the lounge is done. <laughs> yes so thank you very much for listening
2: <laughs> as always you can reach us at the at ravens.nfl.net and we'll probably have a lot more to talk about next week so thank you very much